have you ever wondered if old movies that you loved in your childhood still hold up? Could they make them today and our ever-changing entertainment landscape and climate, you've gone back to a beloved childhood movie and gone, oh no, I don't think this is okay anymore. Well, we also wondered that. So welcome to Can You Can't Do That Anymore, our weekly movie podcast where we do just that, analyzing if things still hold up and can be done today. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Anastasia Washington. Go first. (laughs) Hi. Terrence Tatum. Hello. Hello. And <laughs> Justin and Doug joining us from the Mind Gap podcast. How are you guys doing? Thank you both for coming on. Oh, thank you for having us. I am super pumped to be here and to talk about what we're going to talk about. I'm very excited that I was forced to watch this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> to, yes, today we are doing a, a seminal classic, a movie that I feel like almost every single person I meet loves and holds dear and wants a sequel, but the closest you ever got was an NES game. Uh, we're, of course, talking about the Goonies that inspired Goonies 2 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, that is all I'm going to really keep segueing into today, but... Uh, let's start this off. How, Justin, did you first feel about the Goonies movie when you first saw it? With young eyes, nothing but imagination and promise ahead of you. <laughs> I, uh, I, w- I think like any kid, I was, I was like, this is everything. I'm going to find a map. I'm going to go on a hunt. And I think we spent a lot of time, like I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and we had like one creek spent a lot of time near that creek looking for treasure but uh you know i was i was it it sparked imagination when i was younger i think like almost anyone who saw it when we were younger doug how about you oh this was a staple this was a regular rotation in my childhood of things that uh on vhs was popped in along with like indiana jones and everything like that like i there was nothing i mean nothing it, it's kids going on an adventure you know they're they're it's, it's everything you loved about those kinds of movies when you were that age because you didn't have control over anything and these kids are like seizing their destiny in their hands they're going off on an adventure that is incredibly dangerous um oh, yeah. and uh but at the time you're like this is cool and then there's like the director's cut where they actually you know there was an octopus at one point an octopus battle which was interesting and everything like that so everything about it was so amazing i grew up in rural missouri so there was this like man it'd be cool if there was like i don't know maybe not racist pirate treasure, you know, in, in rural Missouri, that'd be great. Um, you know, but you know, what are you going to do? It's just racist treasure out there. And I stand by that. Yeah. There's not a lot of woke treasure out there. It's all, not, not <laughs> it's Missouri. all something going on. <laughs> Anastasia, how about you? I just think racist treasure is just something that white people are going to try to be like, it's not racist. It's racist treasure. So it's so much better. <laughs> I'm not racist. <laughs> I own it. Right. It's just racist treasure. You feel better? No. Okay. Um, I watched it. Uh, when I watched it, I think I was just like, yeah, I thought it was a great adventure piece. Um, my sister, my sister, um, Sean Astin and uh, Corey Feldman used to try to date my sisters all the time. So they were over the house. So I always thought that was weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, uh, why are these people f- that chase treasure at my house again? Um, for treasure. For treasure, but a different kind of treasure. Still, maybe racist treasure. Um, 
maybe woke treasure depending on how you think of it um but yeah no like I think I was just like yeah I think I was just looking for a treasure as well like I yeah <laughs> I think I just thought it was fun um I do think I thought there was um a little issue with one of the characters even back then so. can't wait to and, know more about that oh yeah, yeah I was like to... I was like I think I think I think I was uncomfortable with one of that maybe because oh, i have maybe because i have asian family members i think i felt i think way. everyone <laughs> even, as a, even as a kid you kind of just like <laughs> yeah i think it's weird i think it's different when you have all these different nationalities in your family oh, wow. right like it, auto it automatically go oh that's not <laughs> so Aaron, we'll get into it you. so this is funny uh this is the first time that I've actually fully seen Goonies. No shit. Uh, about 24 hours ago. Yeah. Uh, I was obviously aware of it. My biggest thing was I the Goonies 2 game was what I played more than I actually had seen or heard of even the, the film. And I was like, hey, there's a Goonies, is, is there a Goonies 1 game? And they're like, no, there's a movie. And I'm like, Wait, I'm confused how this lineage works. Um, <laughs> this used to come on a lot when I was younger on like NBC. And I would flip. I would watch it for a bit. I'm like, wait, there are kids here, but then there's a crime drama happening. I, I don't want to watch this. And I would just turn because I was like, these two films, these two genres don't mix to me. So I was never really interested in it. Also, at that time, if there weren't anyone that looked like me on the screen, I kind of was like, I don't need to see this. So I, I kind of just ignored this film for long, even though I know how much of a staple it was in the zeitgeist of like Columbus and Spielberg and Donner. I knew all the people and involved I just never went back to watch it so I watched it for the first time yesterday and like I said it's probably a very different eye as an adult watching it than it would be as a kid and it's it's fun it's fine I think there are some great like if I were a kid I would have enjoyed the adventure of it as an adult I'm like hmm there are there are a lot of issues that I kind of <laughs> take place in this one of them being like I don't think I like any of these kids and I was sitting there like that is that's a hard thing to do for a film that has become this big. How did that become this? And I, you guys will have to help me along that way. Cause I'm I, not I have a big question for you. Probably not right now, but when it comes up, I, I really want to get your honest reaction to a certain very specific part in the movie. So we'll, we'll, I'll put a pin in that for now, but I really, as an adult watch this, I'd be like, so what do you think about that? So we'll get to that in due time. I'm sure. Also, that's a great review. It's fun. It's fine. <laughs> Honestly, I this such a true that should go on the poster. Right. Right. Parents, parents review that the same way parents review Six Flags when they don't go right. rides. It's fine. It's fun. The kids enjoyed it. You know, I was I there. I saw it. <laughs> Some stars. I was sort of exactly. similar. I didn't, I didn't see this movie until I was in college and I had a roommate at the time who was like, oh, you've never seen Goonies. Which like whenever somebody comes at you with anything that excited and then like sits you down and does the thing where they keep looking at you to like check if you're enjoying the movie and then looks at the movie and then looks at you'll never enjoy that movie. I'm sorry, you're, I'll stop doing that. You'll never, you can't win <laughs> that situation because I'm just sitting there absorbing it like with my arms crossed comfortable, but they're like, your arms are crossed and you look unhappy and I'm like, that's just my face <laughs> and my body. Yeah. That's how it, that's its default. It's my resting it, movie face. Like, Leave me alone. It's fine. 
Um, Resting I, movie face is the best thing I've ever done. I love Terrence that. Is, uh, is on a goal. Like he's, he's like, he's like, he's just hitting those goals. That's a sports thing, right? We'll mm-hmm. say that. Goals? <laughs> goals are also a normal thing that people have. <laughs> you know what? I know that you have goals. You've sat down and said, Blake, here are my goals. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like Goonies, though, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I also then came at it from a like, I'm in film school and I'm almost studying this. And I was like, yes, I see how this inspired everything. And I get how like Indiana Jones for kids with the most popular producers and directors of the 80s making something that really didn't exist yet. There weren't a lot of this like, they're kids being kids, but the imagination part is real. Like this all makes sense to me, but like, I'm 22 and I don't care right now. And then going back to it recently for this podcast, I was like, oh no. Oh, oh no, guys. There's a lot to get. There's a lot to get into that like just doesn't really hold up anymore. I think there's a lot to get into if you're a parent and you have new kids watching this. And I think there's even a lot of just like how movies have changed over the years. And like to Terrence's point, a lot of these kids aren't relatable and they're also like very one-dimensional. It, it almost feels like the, I don't want to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I love it so much, but the way that that is almost just like the leader, the asshole, the smart guy and the comic person. It's like, yep, that's sort of what the Goonies is. We just made one person do everything and then also gave them stereotypes uh, and, and we ran. So let's, dive right into this then uh doug i'm gonna go to you first why don't you think you can do this movie anymore well there's there's a couple of things and kind of going off what you just said you know when you watch these movies you sometimes just have to put yourself in the time that it was made that doesn't make it okay but it helps you understand it a little bit more because you know you can see what was built on top of the goonies from here like you can see where stranger things came from you know you can see all of that sort of stuff it it, it definitely <laughs> doesn't work anymore is like as itself but it, it helped pave the way for something else and i think for me uh i mean I, I mean off the top of my head i mean there's just a couple of things i mean you've got the uh classic uh i mean this is a oh let's just start to do it uh you know they're moving so they hire a uh hispanic woman to come in to pack all their stuff for them you know and they terrorize her uh with spanish and things like that which is when i was a kid i was always like i I didn't really understand what was happening there but as an adult i was like oh no oh no (laughs) she's the butt of a joke Mm -hmm. um because i don't know like you have all these kids like they can't pack their own shit (laughs) nope better better hire the spanish-speaking woman to come do it for everybody right Oh. Yeah, which was really uh, upsetting. Uh, you've got, I mean, again, I don't want to blow through all of these things, uh, but, um, you know, you've got Chunk, who is hands down the best part of the movie. Like that kid steals the show in every scene he's in. He's amazing. But they also pick on him because he's fat. <laughs> which, out the gate. Out of the gate. They're like, do the shuffle shuffle. And he's just <clears throat> blah, 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 doing his just juggle, jiggling I, stuff. They, they wouldn't let him in unless he showed his fat. I'm pausing them. I had to pause, I pause the movie there. I'm like, this is this is how we're starting this thing. And then there's a whole <laughs> little unnecessary opening of the gate 
montage just open the damn gate like yeah, what are, what are yeah i don't know what was about like 80s children and rue goldberg machines to do very ever since back to the future where it was like i'm gonna do the most preposterous but awesome way to open this can of dog food <laughs> suddenly like everything <laughs> felt the need for super simple mechanics to do this even and it kind of works better i don't want to spoil sonic 2 for anyone but that movie opens the exact same (laughs) way like we go to robotnik's mushroom planet and it's just doing this rube goldberg preposterous mechanism for him to like get juice out of a fruit and i was like you're a genius just dare you ruin that for us how dare you i I will not sit here and have sonic 2 be (laughs) i will not not sit here and have that ruined for me it has to beat the wizard movie this weekend anastasia that's important Uh, i'm just in it for idris so let's (laughs) who's not i mean honestly i yeah phenomenal I understood a lot more of the Sonic Reddit posts after that movie where I was like, I get it now, guys. I see why we're doing this. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Um, Let's just talk about Sonic instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Goonies 2 directly inspired Sonic the Hedgehog. I think we can all agree on this. Right. Change my mind. Um, yeah. Let's see what you got. But you're right. I mean, there's just, and then every other character we introduce their Asian friend. And the I think it's so that interesting. Good at gadgets. Yeah. That is also kind of belittled and picked on, but in a different way. His and, accent gets it's a butt of, of quite a few jokes. And I it mean, happens everyone, throughout the entire film. It's very weird that for a long time, really probably until recently, our idea of comedy was like, just bully them. Make mm-hmm. fun of the person. And well, I don't think that's dead. I'll just say that. As, no, as, as, as a stand-up comedian, a female stand-up comedian that is often the brunt of everybody's joke, even if they yeah. have a set, I I will say, no, it's not dead. But, um, no. um, and I don't think it's dead in movies either. Well, that I, was I, sort of my major issue as I was watching this. Like, I'm like, these kids are supposed to be, I'm going on this adventure with them. One of them should be like, at the very end, like Mikey should be the one that I like. But the very beginning of the movie, he's the one who's picking on Trump the, the, the most. He's, he's the one who tells him to take up a shirt and do the weird freaking dance. So I'm kind I of. I mean, like, this I, is just like a really good reflection of America and how we feel about everybody. I was going to say, right? part of me was and like, <laughs> people in America. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I mean, it's back way then. deep. Yeah, it's yeah. Like way I mean, deep. It's- this really is like an 80s children's movie where I'm like, oh yeah, like I had friends who picked on me and I picked on some of my friends. I don't think yeah. I was ever like, dance and humiliate yourself for access to my home. <laughs> and but that's exactly. the real racist treasure. The real racist treasure of this piece. The friends we made along the <laughs> Is the reflection it has on America. <laughs> I mean, that America is a racist treasure. What? We're a racist treasure as Americans. <laughs> I should know. definitely go into my group messages with my friends. Like, hey, I never made you guys do tricks to get into my home. <laughs> my friend, did I? Hey, guys, I just read I will now. Did I ever lose <laughs> any of you? I think if you phrase it that way too, Terrence, people might be like, ah, uh, tricks? Uh, no. <laughs> tricks did I ever kids? make any preposterous machines to open a door <laughs> instead of just opening it for you? 
Uh, Justin, how about you? Upon further reflection, was there anything that stood out in this that you cringed at or went like, man, I got to delete my Goonies inspired script before I send it out? <laughs> I'll never delete that script, first and foremost. All right. That's just, that's a catalog of where I was at that point. Uh, no, I, I mean, everything that has been mentioned thus far, absolutely. Um, I, also, I think just from a filmmaking standpoint, just how lazy it was just not even to give him names. Like, you're going to be called Mouth. Your data, your chunk. Like I'm like, this is what that's, we're doing. It's, that's how it's one really, note they are. Yeah, it's like, really when, the, when the older girls that they're hanging out with also know their nicknames. Like, because at first I was like, fair enough. Like, if I was in a group of friends, like maybe we all have nicknames. We never sure. did, but like I get it. But it would be weird then for like my neighbor's sister to right. be like, hey, gamer, come over here. Like, they would just call me by my name. Well, <laughs> I think that might be a generational thing uh, because I think that there was, like, in the 80s and 90s, there was, like, a strong, like, I bullying aspect that is different from the bullying aspect of probably the newer generations. I'm where giving you a name based on something yeah, that has happened in your like, life. Yeah. And right. you're just hoping that you live down like that they come up with a different name. Like, right. you know, I was I, I think I was like girl who fell in middle school for a while because I fell down like two flights of stairs. That's not like, a nickname. That's very that's long. A, that's a <laughs> yeah, sentence. That's long, yeah. right? <laughs> and then it was just like, mystery by you know, <laughs> but it, it was, you know, it replaced like Oreo or whatever black and white thing they could figure out. And I was just like, I don't know which was better. Go back to Oreo. Leave me, you know? Um, and I think you just waited until like the next incident or next like identifier <laughs> could replace your. So I think this is actually maybe just a generational thing. Um, you really did like have to live down an incident or an identifier that happened um, and you just hoped, like, you became, like, hot and, <laughs> and you, you got a new think, nickname. <laughs> so do you think these nicknames then weren't given by, like, the kids as endearment? These were, like, bullying around the neighborhood that they all do? Because they're all doing it in their circles, too. So I got the impression that they were like, and you'll be this, and you'll be mouth, and you'll be this. It seems like they are known yeah. as the Goonies, so I it feels like anybody yeah. who's reflecting like, oh, those are the Goonies, or that's who they are. So they kind of probably have been wearing their names as like badges of honor. It's just weird that I do sort of agree that the girls calling them that because usually in those scenarios, since they're outliers, they would call at least at least Brandon and Michael would get called by their first names. Maybe Data and, and Chunk don't, but the two that they seem to have some type of closer relationship there'd be a little bit more humane humanity between the two of them and like the two with the worst nicknames will not get their real names where i grew up nicknames definitely happened i knew two guys one guy in fifth grade was like just he skipped down the hallway and he was skippy as far as i could remember for most of his right life. Like, and so it was awful. like it was fine like it, he was like it's like oh yeah they're skippy and like he responded to it's just a normal thing and there was another guy he could have stopped uh, skipping at any time. He could, I mean, yeah, he didn't skip anymore, <laughs> but he was he was skipping. <laughs> high school when's and the beyond. last time you skipped though? It is a very, very quick form of transportation. <laughs> My gym teachers were always like, remember, kids, skipping is faster than running. If you get tired on the miles, skip the rest. All I, of them. I'm, I'm 100% on, on board with that logic. Yeah, you guys everybody are definitely in hear my suburb of Chicago high school was like, remember, kids, the skip is your secret You're weapon. Were they trying to get you killed in Chicago or... <laughs> I mean, it was Chicago, so yeah. But. You're definitely going to hear a story today of a middle-aged black man try skipping in the middle of the season. <laughs> the hell out. 
It's, yeah, it's not going to go well, guys. It's not going to go great. There, there um, was another guy that was short and hairy, and uh, someone was like, hey, you look like, you ever, anyone ever seen the movie Critters? This uh, guy kind of looks like one of those, so he got nicknamed no. Critter through most oh, of that's, high that's school. That's a bummer. Oh, that's, short that's, he was an angry little guy, too. So that's that also, place. like, not a good movie. Like, at least, like, <laughs> call him, like, Gizmo. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. Like, Gizmo's so cute, though. Yeah, this guy was that's not so cute. cute. Short, I feel like angry, if anybody so ever gave me a fit. bad nickname, I'd be short, like, Short, hairy, no, and angry Wolverine. I've got better things you can choose from. <laughs> like if somebody it was, was like a you're fun, a whiny was, kid you can be anakin i'd be like no john connor it's, it's a, it was a, a funny pull you know it's like everyone's seen this weird sci-fi horror movie you know that thing yeah he's that guy you know i also the time like also, the fake movie that Raphael sees in turtles like you don't actually get to pick your nickname in these situations something happens that is like horrible or there's like an identifier and Anastasia, you clearly don't have ADHD. You. people can say whatever they want to me and i'll just be like no and that's not on. what i want <laughs> um the part of this movie that i just had to be like wait is this real is the attempted murder that happens <laughs> with brand in the in the car like they grab his hand and by all accounts and purposes, oh, yeah, I, I could die. I think I was I was watching it this morning, uh, you know, just by myself, and I think out loud, I audibly go, "Well, he's dead." Like, <laughs> so that character is just gone now. Gone. <laughs> this is a movie of bullies. I mean, let's just say what it is. I mean, this is just brutal bullying. Eighties from- depicted life is just nothing but bullies everywhere, any part yeah. of your life. And well, New York was just one giant. Town. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it's like, it's like we said, I think this movie is really a turning point in both like culture and comedy. Cause even going back, there's so much more to talk about, but I want to mention this, the maid one more time. Cause it's like, we sort of use her plot wise to be like one of the kids speak Spanish and this will be useful later. Mm. And instead though, they're just like, nope, he's gonna like gaslight this poor woman into thinking that there's drugs everywhere in the house. Every instruction he gives her is like weird and crazy. And then all he has to do to like use his Spanish is read a map yeah. where I'm like, but the script could have just not spent 10 minutes. We could not have been insensitive. Map. Yeah. And the map could have just simply been in like English. <laughs> or, <Right>. like, <laughs> or, you know, been a map with right. directions. But how else well, I, we I also established that he's a little shit. I mean, there's really no other way. <laughs> I, I also think it's odd that at the end of the film, not to jump ahead, uh, but at the end of the film, go to the end, go straight to the end. He's just spoilers. Uh, he, he, at the beginning, he's just like ripping off, like the heroin goes in this drawer and this and this, and don't move this to this. Like he's just ripping these things off. And then, he's like, and then he has issues with don't sign. Sign. How do you, what the like, word? Uh, You've been paper, saying heroin. Pen. I'm like, cocaine. Yeah, he goes from being, because even when he has to read the map, they're like, can you read this? And he's like, oh, man. I'm like, you're not reading Latin. You've been, you were just telling a maid how to get, I did like three or four years of Spanish. They never told me heroin. That map has about four words. It says North, Muzzy South, teaches East, Spanish West. was not for drug lords. Like, Yeah, but when you're a kid, what's the first thing you learn? You learn all the dirty that's shit. True. You, the know? Dirty you know all the naughty shit, so you can that's be like, yeah, you don't learn about fair. sign. I'm going to you know? make a request real quick, Doug. Don't say yeah. naughty again. I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> All it's right. too real. I won't, I won't live up that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Now that's like, you know, it's like when they tell you, like, don't say something, and then it's the first thing you say. Now she's yeah. <laughs> no yeah. worry, he'll come no, back no, and no, get you. But it's, come back yeah, again. But 
I bring that up to then go back to the the this guy should be killed in this car that we're talking about because I was like everything that's the most extreme bullying is used for like a bit joke that's meaningless because this guy just like puts his hand on the car door and this character who I don't think we ever see again is just like I'm gonna floor it now and you're gonna have to run alongside my car and go off this cliff Comes the back whole time the I was like, in the well, but oh, he doesn't... also is the guy who's in the toilet when, yeah. the, that's when right. the pipes go crazy. That's that's right. him? Like, yeah, that's, that's him. His, that's he's like, Daddy, because like... his yeah. dad is the guy, the guy who's trying to oh, oh, and then he's yeah. at the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's so that's supposed to be your like karma moment, I guess, where they're like, See, he tried to do murder, and now his bathroom time is interrupted. He tried to do murder, he's weak, and so he calls for his daddy. Even though he's kind of like a young adult, guns see. and ammo also a weird thing to be yeah. reading on the toilet. That was a, a very odd. <laughs> as far as like prop department and set deck go, like what happened there? Who made the decision? We got to show that they're living in. I want to say Seattle. Yes. <laughs> Is that we gotta a show that this guy's a weirdo? Oregon. <laughs> A thing that was going yeah. for me throughout this whole film is the tone. Like, there's a half gangster film that a crime film that's happening amongst a kid film, and then there are moments when they try to merge. And like, I no, they should not. They should not be merging. What merge is happening it. here? Just merge it. Just, <laughs> just merge it all. But I think this is a very like eighties thing too. Like, they just really had like a whole bunch of uh, very weird things that are like, like, what if we combined a crime drama with a kid's family fun? Like, and then add and a creeper then, from the hills have eyes. Yeah, add yeah. a creeper from the hills have eyes, and also like maybe add racism and guns you know well, it was the 80s you were gonna add racism and guns that was just part of the you don't remember the original the save the cat book in stage save the cat 1980s like have you added edition. have you added racism and guns to act two yet go now, back 30 go minutes back. after the inciting incident you should have your first racial mistake that in 2020 and 2022 they will look back on and proud <laughs> And at your midpoint, you need to have one bullying instance. And four inappropriate nicknames. And remember, if you can't think of a story, how about a villain is buying a town and somebody has to win money to stop them? We're going to do this. Watching this movie now almost feels like a parody of itself. Because like that was a thing in the 80s. And now like South Park, Family Guy, it's always sunny. We keep making fun of it. And coming back to it, I was even like, are you serious? This really was. Somebody was buying the entire town, and then we had to find some gold and just be like, "Don't sign the paperwork." Wait, nobody tried to buy your town when you were a kid. And I know. And I'm the type of person at the end counting those all those marbles and all those diamonds. Like, do all of those account for an entire town? Being it's a great question because also let's talk about this from the practical investment. You can get that money now, but if you buy and turn that into lakefront property or oceanfront property, isn't that worth more than the jewels themselves? Because I would kind of want to go that route, you know? Yeah. And who is buying these jewels, right? Like right. how much are they actually yeah, worth? Where are you going to change them in? You know, this isn't Dungeons and Dragons. We can just go and do a quick exchange rate. You know, (laughs) the Smithsonian's going to be like, we claim this in 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 honor of history. I don't know that. I imagine that's what the Smithsonian do. They just walk in and they go, "We claim this." He punches something, goes, "It belongs in a museum." It just takes it. You know. Well, that, that yeah, would have been an amazing tie-in, though, Doug. That would have been an amazing tie-in. 
I would just imagine that the Smithsonian now, like a boot and a whip drop to the ground to be like it belongs in a museum and we cut to black and yeah. be like oh my yes. god because the Smithsonian is basically the Inquisition apparently in my head <laughs> I don't know why I'm so never... oh, sorry Smithsonian you do great work I don't know I don't know why I'm apologizing to them okay as bye. far as I can remember they never even give like a fake amount of money that it would cost like they in a, in the most recent Uncharted movie, when they find the treasure, one of the characters is like, even if we can't get the gold, the boats alone would cost forty billion dollars. And it's like, I guess at least I have a benchmark. Like, like nobody even, like, because they the listened to Blake's um, complaining about Goonies and not having an actual. I've been sending like, open letters to right. studios every day. <laughs> Dear Paramount Pictures, it's me again. <laughs> it's me again. It's me. You're like Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption. Just two letters a week, you know? Yeah. I never address it to anybody at the studio. Please give me actual funding um, amounts, please. Thank you. <laughs> That's you. Every day. <laughs> I think you uh, need a new hobby. But yeah, we haven't even <laughs> gotten to the Fratellis or their child in the basement that Terrence brought up. Which is oh, arguably gosh. one of the one of the bigger uh, issues of the of the film. I would it's just say like, it's the biggest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Terrence, that was the thing I wanted to get your perspective on. You never saw this movie. You had no idea. What was that like for you <laughs> with this reveal of sloth? Take me so through what, one, what you. My what brain you was like, wait, what? Now I'm confused as to what I'm watching. Because I'm like, is this a horror movie now? Because I love The Hills Have Eyes and that's exactly what he looked like. And then as it went along, I'm like, wait, is this their, is this their child? Is this her other kid? And their brothers are cool with him being changed? And the, what is happening? Like, how is this acceptable from anyone? And they're just like, yeah, we just go feed our, we slide food to our kid that we have chained up and watching a TV. I was like, none of this is okay with me. Like none of this. It like, should not be, but you know, historically and <laughs> crime, concerned. it has how happened this a lot. Okay with anyone, <laughs> like how this became a huge cult classic and family film. They're like, they're changed, they changed the kid. Is there are there a series of parents out there that are like, you know what I really like to do? This third kid that I have, I'm really not messing with. But it feels like they were trying to pull the like, no, but he endears and he wins and he beats them, and he's like, and it's like, yeah, but like. You've also paired him up with Chunk, which is sort of like being like, this is the Goonie that the Goonies didn't want. Right. And this is the child that the parents didn't want. The two discards. And they're gonna save the day. <laughs> I also was really confused at the ending when Chunk goes up to Sloth and is like, cool, I'll keep you now. I'm like, have you had this conversation with your parents? Right. Do you understand the level of responsibility you're taking on right now? Because not only that, also you just can't keep people. You yeah. know, you also can't say that. You just can't. Yeah. You know? like the closest you get to do that is at your wedding, where you're like, "I'll be with you forever." But even the like, or in Casper, where it's very romantic, how he whispers right. into the. Ear. But even even but the that's guy problematic uh, as well. Even the guy <laughs> marrying people, he was never like, "And will you keep this person?" You were my mind. <laughs> yeah, that would be you'd raise your hand. I object to the wedding. <laughs> you just asked if the, I know you asked me that a couple questions man, ago. And I don't think that that's correct. I say no now. <laughs> really, that Chuck's family's not small. It's not like he's an only kid. Like his, yeah. he's got a he's got at least two other siblings. That and... they brought is not going to last at all. <laughs> no. Like no. yeah, I, I, it was just such a. I'm like, okay, you're just gonna be like, yeah, let's get this other this this other person here with us. This it also, you never just brought a human home. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> I tried. I mean, it you told was, me I was it, being naughty. It was ruled with that. Well That's done. our word of the day. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ah! <laughs> so, I, yeah. I, I mean, think for it's... being, also for being a, a family or children's, like a, a, a fun young romp, the fact that we reveal that, oh, you dropped your baby on its head multiple times when he was a child. And that's what, like, that's, that's a very the, dark, now we're getting to some real weird backstory well, here. I, I had to rewind that because that was the trigger for him to be like, oh, fall, he fall, freaked yeah. out, fall. And I'm like, wait, she's like, no, I didn't do it. Maybe it's only a couple of times. Like, so you actively know that you dropped this kid multiple times and your reaction was like, well, he's damaged now. Let me chain him to a wall. Right. Yeah, it Terrence, also... she's the villain, of course. Come on. <laughs> I, I, mean, gonna the story. I was going to say that, like, yeah, uh, th there's no redeemable qualities about this family. No. They are absolutely the 100% yeah, villain. So but it's not like a... it's not like the good, wholesome family too. had somebody chained in their basement. But this is my, this, fair. Is, <laughs> this is not what I call my wedding crashers paradox, where I'm like, to make the heroes seem okay, the villains need to be purest so evil yeah. i've always like we we had to make bradley cooper and wedding crashers like he hates seals and he's cheating and he beats up owen wilson so that the guy who's like i lied to you about my name and profession in order to sleep with you is the protagonist right this is the same love in the process blake come on That's <laughs> this the is like a similar <laughs> this is similar where it's like okay to make the kind of like bad kids who are bullies and mean and stereotypical and manipulating this maid and almost killing this other person. For them to be good, the Fratellis need to be like- The worst. Evil, yeah. <laughs> like not right. just bad, but like dropping kids, eating. She almost kills the children when she meets them. Like that is how we're, we're introduced to her. Like she's Willy Wonka's ex-wife where he's like kind of quietly killing kids and she's just straight up like, you don't need to have him drown in the lake and have a Oompa Loompa sing. I'll just stab him. I will take your tongue. First of all, we never need to bring up Willy Wonka ever. Okay. It's <laughs> a great movie. I love it so no, much. No, there's no reason. Torture, there's no reason. But fantastic. No. no. Also, I mean, they kill someone off screen. Like the person at that resort, they shoot them in the head. Yeah. And Chunk I think two people, them. right? Yeah. Yeah. Chunk finds the body in the freezer. In the freezer. And which is horrifying as it slowly turns and lands on him but it's funny later when he's like trying to keep it up and push it and he's like a bit. Ah, and yeah. the yeah. body's just like landing on him but it, when it first reveals it's like got psycho music you know as it right. turns and he's like ah and this dead body with a bullet through its head yeah falls on top of this kid that was one of the moments re-watching i was like oh my god whoops i forgot about this part <laughs> you're like did stephen king write this did stephen king write a comedy it's or also try? i just know <laughs> i know how amblin has what has become and i know how spielberg has sort of done like checks and balances for these type of kids films this had to be a big thing you can tell this is the start of this because kids swearing is a huge no-no in this was pg yeah well oh it's God. like i think doug said this was before the pg-13 rating i mean this was this was that weird era of like goonies even back to the future as i it was i want to say it was one of the indiana jones that was the first i think PG it was temple of doom and gremlins those two were like yeah. all right we've got to have gremlins. a middle ground between pg and r because the gremlins throwaway line in this so yeah this definitely was the one right after right. like right after that yeah yeah so yeah this is definitely like it's not r 
it's but it's definitely not PG. So, like, but he, you know. and like I get it because we're we've all been kids. Yes, we did use that language, but in that time, the films never re- replicated that. Like you would right. always think, oh, kids were clean mouth, like that would never happen. So it's just like, oh, this is. Oh, kind of we were all wrong. Thing. Apparently, Red Dawn was the first oh. action thriller to be released with a PG thirteen movie. Uh, well, I know. Well, I know. I think it's because of Gremlins and Temple. Yeah, of Doom it was like Gremlins and that. Temple of Doom that they were like, Ooh. like, okay, uh, we just ripped out a dude's we're heart, and, uh, out you know, and which I'm still not over. I'm just yeah. gonna say, I'm not over <laughs> I still, that. when I watch it, I'm like, oh. But I think that it is very jarring, right? Like to Terrence's point, like, yes, I swore as a kid, yes, these things happen, but the movies that you were brought to by your parents weren't really that way. Yeah. So it, it is a very, like, I think it's less for the kids to be like, oh, my goodness, and more for the parents to have, like, a, oh, no, I have to what I have to drive back and have a conversation about how, like, you shouldn't make fun mm-hmm. of your obese friend, and you probably also shouldn't, like, belittle uh, people of color, and maybe don't pick on people, and maybe, uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I think the younger you are, the more you, the less you have to explain. When you get start watching this in that eight to nine range, you're like, oh, we got to have a talk before we, we finish this. So then, I mean, this is like a beloved Amblin. Everyone talks about it. We touched on it a bit, but like, why do you think this did resonate so much with everybody? Is it just like kids on an adventure or is there like some other tangible piece of this that was like, this is why we still talk about it? I think it was the... Oh, I was gonna say I think it's the first time that we ever had this style of movie I don't know if we ever be before this I don't know if we had like a kids going on a think like the imagination coming into real life kids going on that adventure Indiana Jones for kids if you will so I think that gave kids a whole new outlet to be like oh we have action movies now yeah I mean Right. I think it, it is a kind of a very weird, like, you're right. There weren't a lot of people my age going on the adventures that I like. Indiana Jones, Star Wars, all of these things were popular, but they were like adults going out yeah. there. We have to learn basic lessons that we teach children journeys. And now the kids get to go on that. I think creating a genre of film that for, for families and kids that doesn't involve a cartoon is sort of like kind of launched here like I, all the time I know those parents are like I don't want to watch go watch a cartoon all the time with my kids so this created a thing where you're like hey we're still we're now starting to make films where the kids are like that adventures in babysitting these those type of things don't exist monster squad right. even as far as like super aid and stranger things correct we like, really kind of we also like there's a lot of stuff in this movie that we just talked about that's bad but it's also one of the first times that I can think of where we didn't like treat kids like idiots in a movie we were more like they are mature and they can handle their own and they can do this. And I think that was sort of even the start of that, like that movement of like, well, the kids can handle it. Right. We don't need to like talk down to them. It's their yeah. movie. They can go do it. Maybe they shouldn't do it. We have to cut out that octopus for reasons, <laughs> even though you can still see it. And it's in the game. <laughs> and but they I mean, reference it too at the end. Yeah, Which that that threw me off. I was like, "Wait, I don't, I didn't remember it was cut." And I was like, "I don't. What is he talking about?" <laughs> I mean, even like Whoops. the Sandlot. Like, I don't think we'd even get there mm-hmm. without the Goonies. Like, this yep. really did shift a genre. And as we often talk about with this podcast, like, you got to make all these mistakes to get to something like Stranger Things. You kind of have to 
see what you can get away with. And it was the 80s. It was a weird time where we were like, the comedy is bullying and we don't care about other people yet. It's fine. Well, I also don't care about other people yet. You know? Yeah, right? Caring about other people sucks. I mean, Reagan was there. <laughs> yeah. We let all the mentally ill people out into the streets. It's all good. It's yeah. um, uh, But it, it's, I think, you know, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't I haven't studied film history or anything like that, but I think this is probably a pretty unique movie for the time because if you kind of go back even a decade before, what other movies out there were like this, you know, like in the 70s or you know, before that, that probably wasn't much. So this probably seemed maybe I'm guessing here a little bit ahead of its time. And, and for me as a kid, it was pretty magical to see these kids, which it's gonna be a bit of a stretch. It seemed like this was somewhat realistic, right? They weren't going to another universe. They weren't, you know, because which is also a trope of the time, like first He-Man. It's like, oh, He-Man's in our world, fish out of water, that's sort of thing, stuff. Because I think E.T. E precedes this, but that's yeah. very sci-fi, and it doesn't yeah. feel as realistic or as grounded as this. I mean, all of this stuff to be. before this, like, yeah, it would probably be E.T. You go back to the 70s and the 60s, we weren't really making anything for kids in a, right. in a bigger way. I think it was all in like books. This was like the Hardy Boys and Nancy mm -hmm. Drew and like the young adult like mysteries that you'd read about and solve. And this was kind of our first big, big tentpole, come one, come all and look at the weird children that we're gonna abuse. <laughs> right. It's uh, also a coming of age story, you know, yeah. which I think mm -hmm. we can all identify with in a lot of ways. There's definitely components. There's, I don't know if I'd call it young love, but you know, there's definitely those, you know, no, kissing, yeah, I think you know, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it ties you to it. The big 80s themes that are always relatable, the like kind of fighting against whatever authority figure you have and going off. In a way, it's similar to even like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm going to go do all the things I'm not supposed to do, but mm -hmm. that I want to do. And I'm going to learn a lot of things and grow up along the way. But it is also a like middle finger to my parents and my teachers and just being like, no, I can do this. I don't I need your establishment. I also think there's something to to like the outcast saving the day like trope that we see a lot, you know, and like there's something very endearing about seeing that as a kid being like, I could, you know, save myself, I could save my town, I could save my family by just being the weird kid I am that everyone makes fun of. And I could go on some wild adventure and really like save the day. And I think I think a lot of, you know, kids that feel other, which is a lot of kids, yeah. most kids, um, would feel like <clears throat> empowered by that, which is sounds so weird because there's very unempowering moments in the movie. But it I think though, that's, like, that's how the that... movie starts, right? Like we talk right. about like these characters, we make fun of them and we're chaining them in the basement mm -hmm. and we're destroying, but it is like when he comes up and wins, you are like, yes! Right. Well, even, it. And it's, it's even an interesting as, thing. Even as an adult, the scene where Mikey has his big speech just it still hits because it's kind of mm -hmm. like, yeah, out there, the adults run everything. Like they make the decisions they get it. But in here, we get to play, we get to do our own thing. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that that thing where like we control this for the first time ever. We can kind of make a decision and we're gonna just live in it and do it. And I was like, that's that's the movie. For well, me. even like Goonies never say die. Like I think everybody, right. especially with their childhood friends, had that like, yeah, right. either. We don't go down unless we all go down. Like we But can do I also this. say Goonies never say die, but you do because every time you say Goonies never say die, you say die. So I just wanted you to know <laughs> Those that. are facts. Fair point. It's I mean, just, yeah. You're saying it every time. I believe when they say there, though, it's actually German for thee. So it's how oh, okay. to get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Goonies never say the. It's just called oh, Goonies oh, now. Oh, okay, all right. I get so it. That's now. the real trick. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much all of it. So then I think, Doug, you showed this, you said to your kid. Um, did you How feel okay? Do you, I was like, do you feel like you can show this to a younger audience? Does it need context? Is it still important? Or are we now just like, show them Stranger Things and we're done? That's a good question. I, I say, um, which is going to be fun as she gets older, because she's six now. So a lot of the stuff that she watches, it just kind of you know goes over her head. She wasn't, she was okay with the movie, but she hasn't asked to rewatch it. Unlike Jurassic Park. She's like, let's watch Jurassic Park. Well, to be fair, dinosaurs are better than. Right. I mean, who Way better. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> off a toilet. Like, I will forever be changed. Right? <laughs> she, she demanded that I buy uh, Jurassic World and we watched that last night. So we're on a, we're on a big dinosaur. She's game, in it but, now. Yeah. You know, yeah, she's in it she, now. Did but, she skip from the first Jurassic Park to Jurassic World? Because Yeah, I don't really. Didn't really was like, those don't exist in this The other though. ones, honestly. I was like, <laughs> don't think we need Jurassic Park 2 um, or 3. Good. Somebody else who doesn't like it. Everyone I talked to is like, but the second one, I'm like, but it's not great. What, you it mean the girl good. where she does gymnastics routines who no, kill her after? No, it just no, I'm good. King, you know, we don't need to go off on this. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess what I, I'm actually looking forward to having these conversations with her as she gets older and we watch stuff. I'm like, listen, some of this stuff you're probably not going to identify with the same way that I do, but I can't wait for you to talk to me and tell me what you think about this because this stuff is going to be problematic. And here's the kicker. The stuff that you like now down the road, same thing's going to happen to you. You're going to go back and watch it and be like, oh, shit. At the mm -hmm. time, this was cool. Uh, I mean, some, some of the comedies that I used to love, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, yeah. Jokes don't really hold up today. I it's mean, the hard whole, rewatch. The whole turn yeah. of the film, you're like, wait a minute. The butt oh, of the joke is, you that, know. That whole movie, I'm just like, well, you know, jokes are jokes. Then that reveal, you're like, oh, no yeah it's, yeah it's, we yes. just went from being like it's funny to like oh this is deeply offensive this is yeah you get horrible a, what's kind of interesting is you get a real check of the culture at the time when this stuff was made you can kind of mm -hmm. be like you almost get a glimpse into what it was like in some way to live at that time because yeah. this was the yeah. stuff that was okay this was a successful film to some right. degree i mean right because people and still, still talk, talk about, about it. people mm -hmm. are still to this it was a box day office when we at the time yeah yeah. When people interview Jim Carrey, they're still like, when's that third Ace Ventura? And yeah. now he's like, only if Christopher no. Nolan directs it. And I'm like, it's time to go, Jim. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, actually, I, I want to see that one, actually. <laughs> it would be interesting. Well, he, he just retired, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so good luck. He's saying he's doing his thing now where he's like, maybe, who knows? But he's doing the, yeah. What was his quote? Now. If there's a script with golden ink that the angels bring down to me that I feel people must see, I was like, whoa. Jim. I wrote that script yesterday. So <laughs> I was super excited. It's Back getting made, y'all. That, <laughs> that guy, like many of my childhood heroes, I'm now just like, shh. Time to go. Yep. <laughs> We don't need our heroes anymore. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess, yeah. Yeah. Long-winded answer to that is like, I think it's good to to watch these things, but there always needs to be a little bit of context. Like, listen, stuff's not going to age well. Some things do. Some things test stand the test of time. Most of them don't. So yeah. I can't wait to watch all these films with her and just watch her honest reaction and be like, let's talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I think like one thing, like we always talk about this kind of stuff on the podcast of like, what themes and jokes and ideas don't really hold up. But I think to your point of even showing younger people, like even the first Star Wars is like a 30 minute 
two droids in the desert. And every now and then I'm like, one day I'm going to show this to a child and they're going to be like, this sucks. Hell, hell with a child. I, my wife, who has not seen, had not seen Star Wars. I start, I was like, we have to start with the good one. We'll start with the new hope. And then like 20 <laughs> minutes in, she's checking her phone. Like these robots have been walking in this desert for the last 20 minutes. Like, oh, yes, but it's a matte painting desert. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know what? You're right. You're right. The matte painting. Ah, oh, I take it back. And really, really it opens with like Darth Vader being scary and imposing. And then you have to spend 20 minutes being like, what's going to happen? Uh, what? But like it is. You guys are really selling it for people that I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, then you get to meet yeah, a teenage kid. Yeah. Who's yes. like, well, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> the whole yeah, for those seven people who have never seen Star Wars, I'm really not selling <laughs> it. But <Yeah. laughs> they're like, I've never seen this. Never like, if you're not it. on the train now, you're not you're getting not on it. I don't know what to no. tell you. Uh, great. So, I mean, we talked about the similar movies, but I always like to ask, like, if you wanted to show somebody Goonies, but you were like, what's a non-problematic version? We've got Stranger Things, Super 8. Anything else that you're like, ah, we don't need this movie anymore. It inspired this and it's been important historically, but now we have the Sandlot, which I'm it's, sure is also not it. Yeah, I don't one. know if you would want to do the Sandlot. I mean, is it, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Does it also I know, I was like, you might have to rewatch that. I'm, I'm playing it in my head real quick. I'm like, is there problematic parts? Please, no. Yeah, like I'm probably. trying to go through, because uh, I used to watch it, like I, I mentioned earlier, Adventures of Babysitting, I watched all the time, but I feel like even then, because that's three years after this, they still might have, those kids still might be a little bit oh, too yeah. rambunctious for that for that age, age group. Also, the Sandlot, um, I auditioned for that and they didn't pick me, so they So screw them. Problematic. Fuck them. They're problematic. <laughs> I still kind of remember my audition and that's, that's troubling oh, to no. me as a person. <laughs> Don't worry, when they inevitably make it a Disney Plus series, I'll be like, bring back Anastasia Washington as the coach. <laughs> They're like, we never brought her back. <laughs> Um, no, I don't like, I think Stranger Things is probably the safest one. Because uh, I think if you go anywhere in the 80s and 90s, uh, you're going to run into some problem. Probably. I mean, 2000s and 2010s. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, even if yeah. you go there. Entertainment's a minefield. You're not going to get away with it perfectly. Well, it's interesting how they change, though. Like, these coming-of-age stories then become, in, in the 90s and 2000s, become super bad. And you're like, well, then that goes completely the other way. You're like, now you're yeah. right. making an adult coming-of-age film. So that changes. Which is weird for me. Like, I, I, like uh, I guess Stranger Things, kids are watching it. So I like I was like I don't know that that's like the family film that would be the equivalent to the Goonies, but I know that a lot I think of that, kids that's the are most watching like it one to one. We it's yeah. why we probably because I know there was a canceled I mean, are, like they didn't even make it to a pilot where they were going to make mm -hmm. a Goonies show. Yeah, yeah I, think I read Fox the pilot. last year. Um, yeah, no uh, good. there's. It's strange. It's it's strange. well strange. when we're done when we're done <laughs> recording we can talk about it. <laughs> uh, um, but I a... will say I will say like yeah like I think Stranger Things is is the equivalent just because I think kids are watching Squid Games now so they can watch all kinds of weird right. stuff. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, if kids are watching that. Oof, boy. Right. Well, I was just so, like even I don't know if you guys saw like Halloween like I was handing out. I was like seven and, when I saw Halloween. No, yeah. but like, no, like in like this Halloween I was handing out candy and there was like little kids. With the in squid game, squid game outfits uniforms. yeah yeah that doesn't and like it, it that doesn't surprise me too too much i guess i mean it's very accessible i saw a lot of r-rated stuff when i was young yeah mm -hmm. i, guess I get right. it um yeah but yeah so that's uh i think that's the goonies guys unless anybody has anything else they want to add um 
this has been the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for coming on. Yes. You can, of course, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, wherever you're listening to your podcast. You can follow us at Can't Do That Anymore on Twitter and Instagram. And Terrence and I, of course, do our other show, Hollywood Already Did It, about reboots, remakes, and sequels, as well as the other spinoff of that show, The Marvel Pair-Up, where we go through every Disney Plus show for Marvel and pair it up with a movie in a similar genre. Sometimes it's historical, sometimes it's about themes. My favorite is still WandaVision and the history of sitcoms. Uh, and that's it. Anastasia, you have so many things that are always going on. Please plug away because I can't keep track of them. Um, <laughs> I guess the biggest thing is I will be on uh, May 20th. I'll be at the Hollywood Improv doing Horror Nerd, which is a horror-themed stand-up comedy show. Um, so come out to that and everything else. You can just follow me on the social to figure out what I'm doing because I don't know what I'm doing half the time. So just find <laughs> there. And Justin, Doug, how about you guys? Tell us about the podcast. Where can everybody find it? Of course. So you can find MindGap Podcast on all social medias at MindGap Podcast. You can check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. We live stream our podcast on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central time. And we do a video game live stream on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, so come hang out. We really enjoy it. And uh, it's always good to have people in the audience chatting with us. You can do cool things like submit stuff for Ask Practical Doug. is a little practical set segment for us. Also, throwdowns, which is so fun debating who would win in a fight. And uh, also, don't forget to follow Justin online as well. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. And then also, uh, I'll throw out a plug for 2 East 8th Productions. That's 2 East 8th productions so you can find them on socials and stuff beautiful what are you guys streaming on the gaming stuff right now oh boy it's something new every week we're kind of a uh it's it's definitely sort of a variety stream uh but we do things like tonight i'm playing ultimate chicken horse uh which is a build your own platformer game which is what i'm i'm absolutely terrible at it but the <laughs> folks want to see it so we're gonna do it uh we play jackbox games what the dub uh we do left for dead 2 uh we do D D light uh we do all sorts of stuff we're, we're we're constantly switching out games ideally it's something that the audience can either at the very least watch and be entertained or, or participate if they can great well thank you guys so much for coming on and we will see everybody next time thanks for having us Later.